Well, I titled my sermon, Gracious Gifts for God's Glory, and uh, the focus of our time together in the Word is going to be on spiritual gifts, spiritual gifts. And I have memories of, uh, I don't know, maybe it was like a season I think the church went through where there was kind of this obsession with spiritual gifts. Does anyone remember this? Where Maybe it was like Willow Creek. Okay, you guys are you tracking. There were all of these questionnaires and like surveys. And I remember taking two or three different ones. Some of them had like 100 questions. And then you get to the end and it was like, this is who you are, <laughs> right? These are your top gifts and this is how you're supposed to. Well, there, I don't know. I, I tend to be a little skeptical of work that tries to diagnose the Holy Spirit. Um, I, 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 I don't believe that we can program or even predict God the Holy Spirit in the way that He chooses to move, and frankly, in different seasons of our lives. If you would have asked me when I was 18 what my spiritual gifts were, I guarantee you preaching was not even close to anywhere near. It wouldn't have been on my list at all. So God does things as He pleases, but this is one thing that we can say, okay? If you are a Christian, you have been divinely bestowed gifts by the Holy Spirit, and those gifts are for your good and for the building of the church and for the glory of God. Those gifts are to be practiced and function in the context of the church and for the kingdom to advance around the world and in our backyards. So um, this, this sermon, just so we're clear, this sermon is going to target specifically believers. So if you're here and you are not a Christian yet, I just want to call you to embrace Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Turn from your sins. Repent and trust Christ as Lord and Savior. He has accomplished all that is needed to save you from your sins and to secure for you the kind of life that you've always wanted and never had, okay? That is the, the hope that we celebrate as believers. And all kinds of things happen when, as, as, as God grabs a hold of our hearts, we run to Him in faith and turn from our sins and embrace Him as Lord and Savior and treasure and hope alone in this life and the next. One of those things is that we are given in that moment of conversion divinely bestowed gifts that come from God and they have a purpose. So we're going to be focusing on that today and no, we don't have questionnaires for you, um, but I, I would say that those questionnaires come up short. The Holy Spirit can work in all kinds of ways and I don't really subscribe to a set list of spiritual gifts. I believe that God has a way of making you to be effective for his kingdom ministry in the way that only you could be made effective for kingdom ministry. He brings his supernatural gifts and weaves them into your talents and skills and story and, and chapters and all kinds of things. And the goal is use them. Know who you are and then leverage that for the kingdom. Okay, so that's what we're looking at today. God's gracious gifts for His glory. And uh, let's just begin in verse 3. This is an amazing verse. Have the echo of Romans 12, 1 and 2 in your mind. Um, just kind of echoing still. Now, we move into verse 3. Humbly assessing our gifts. Humbly assessing our gifts. Paul says, for. Now, he's bridging what Romans 12, 1 and 2 has just given now. So, for. 
by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you. And just have to stop and catch how significant this is. Paul is demonstrating what he is about to call us to do. He is demonstrating for us, in his own words, what he is giving us to do. For by the grace given to me, that is, he's acknowledging, listen, this apostleship, this role that I have, it's been assigned to me by God. This is his grace. I don't deserve this. He called me. He raised me up. He sent me. And so I come with these words to bless you, Roman church and Good Shepherd Community Church today. Paul is blessing us. And note this, he's saying to everyone among you, not just the leaders, not just the people who are on the stage, but to, to you, wherever you sit, Christian, he is addressing you. By the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you. So the, the gift of Paul is in action, flowing and working through the power of the Spirit as he addresses us today. What's he going to say? Well, do not think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment. Each, each of us should think according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Okay, so by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. What does this tell us? Just, just think of, of all of the things that Paul could have addressed right out of the gate. After he gave us that big canopy call to discipleship and growth and holiness the very first sin that he calls us to address head on is pride it's pride because paul knows that pride was not just a problem before christ it is a problem devastating problem even within the church and if we don't address that first and foremost, these gifts will swell up into all kinds of godlessness. So first, learn how to rightly assess who you are, what you have been given by God, the gifts even that He has assigned. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. The poison of pride in the history of the church is not hard to spot, is it? Just look at this own, our own county. Look at even our own church history. I go back to 2010 and think of all of the craziness that took place here and how much of that was fueled by pride. By pride. There was an entire section. I, it's a different group of people now. Praise the Lord. But this entire section was titled Concerned Citizens of Good Shepherd. And they organized and they split the church. And a lot of it was just rooted in pride. A lot of it. Pride will kill a church. Pride in, in connection with spiritual gifts is toxic. It's never intended to, to, to come together in this way. And so Paul, right out of the gate, he targets pride and goes right at it. So, self-elevation. Thinking more highly of yourself than you ought. Well, that's a big problem. 
Frankly, there are a lot of men who have stood behind pulpits who have lived that one out before their congregation and ruined churches as a result. Pride. Self-elevation. Holier than thou. More important than thou. Lord, I'd like to thank You for all of these blessed gifts that You have blessed these paupers with here. Here I am. Just like that, that, that Pharisee that said, thank You, Lord, that I'm not like this tax collector. Oh, how easy it is for that to happen. Paul demonstrates this humility. He said, listen, I'm a recipient of grace. I have a role to play here. And so listen, I'm going to bring these words to you. Not because I'm better than you, but because of grace. It is rooted in grace that I even say these words. What's amazing is self-depreciation is also rooted in pride. Isn't it amazing how that can function? Think, if I walk around, oh, woe is me, I'm such a terrible person, I have nothing to give. Where's my focus? It's still all about me, isn't it? It's all about me. So, the call for the Christian life is not to, to, to um, low self-esteem, to esteem yourself as a, a, as a terrible, horrible person with nothing to bring to the table, no, no, no gifts, no talents, and, and just to point to everybody else and say, well, now I'm humble. That's not the call. I actually love how the Scriptures call us. The opposite for the Christian of pride is self-forgetfulness in the glory of Jesus Christ. This is true humility. Rightly assessing who I am in view of His glory. And guess what happens? It's like, spotlight off of me? Let's talk about Jesus. Stop thinking about yourself. Start thinking about Christ and how you can point people to Him. Your gift that you have been given in all of its different expressions has a goal, and that is not your glory. It is the glory of Christ. There's a little book by Tim Keller out on the recommended reading shelf. It's called um, The Freedom of Self-Forgetfulness. It's spectacular. It's so good. We are not calling Christians to self-condemnation, to walk around with a focus on all of the things that we don't bring to the table. We are calling Christians to say, get lost in the glory of Christ. And you want to see pride disappear. It will, it will destroy pride because He is the glorious one and every gift you've been given is leveraged for Him. So, Work hard to esteem Christ and you will find yourself making less of you and more of Him. I must decrease. He must increase. That's the call. So three things that are fascinating to see as these verses play out. Again, infusing 1 Corinthians. Paul teaches in a number of places on these things. 1 Corinthians especially so. So the root of humility is grace. This isn't in your notes. You might have to jot this down. The root of humility is grace. At its very core, you could hear this echo from 1 Corinthians 4. What do you have that you did not receive? 
And if you received it, why do you boast as if you didn't receive it? The point is, is we have these gifts and they're of grace. They're lavished upon us by a God kind who has given gifts. Not because we deserve it. Not because we're awesome or something. He says, look, I want you to serve this function. I want you to operate in this role. I want you to participate here in this thing. We all of us who have the gifts of the Holy Spirit are, are, are beginning at the same place. Recipients. We received. The root of humility is grace. The function then of humility is faith. Look at how this flows. This is fascinating. Think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. So not only does the Holy Spirit bestow gifts from the Father, but He gives the faith that is needed to employ the gift. He doesn't just give the gift and say, well, I hope it works out. Figure, figure that one out. You know, I, I, I gave you this gift. Now fumble your way through in your own strength. No, He says, listen, I am giving you the very faith. This isn't saving faith. This is faith that has the goal of operation in humility of those, those gifts. So each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. What is faith at its very root? Faith is not looking to myself for what I need. It is looking outside of myself. I need you, Lord, to do what you have gifted and called me to do. So I serve in my gift in faith as God has assigned this to me. It's so important to see this. We, as believers, we don't subscribe to this, hey, believe in yourself. Wor worldliness, that's craziness. We, that, don't believe in yourself, okay? That, is, that doesn't get you anywhere. Believe in Christ. Depend upon Christ. We, left to ourselves, we are weak. He is strong. Look to Him. And, and in your gifting, in the area that God has gifted you, do so with faith. You operate that gift in faith. Now, the goal of humility is the glory of God. What do we aim for with these gifts? Well, 1 Corinthians 10.31, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And that certainly is a canopy statement over all of this. It includes the way that you leverage the spiritual gifts that God has given your, you to, uh, to, to use for His kingdom. So, we are not to serve in such a way as to draw attention to ourselves for our own glory, to puff ourselves up and feel good that, that others recognize our gifts. These are gifts of grace. We operate them by faith in someone else, not in ourselves, and we do so for the glory of God. And I would add the good of His people. The glory of God and the good of His people. Listen to how Peter talks about these things in 1 Peter 4. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. There it is again. It's just amazing how consistent God's Word is. We steward the grace that God gives in various different ways. Whoever speaks as one who speaks the oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. What's the goal? In order that in everything God 
may be glorified through Jesus Christ. The same is true in Matthew 5, right? We are to live in such a way that when the world sees our good works, who do they glorify? Our Father in heaven. They glorify our Father in heaven, not us. So those three things are important to understand when it comes to the humility that we are to uh, assess our gifts with. Now, the second point is that we are called to be rightly connecting our gifts together. So we're not, we're not lone ranger Christians. We are called to life in Christ, and in that we are called together to serve and, and, and walk this, this, this road out. So rightly connecting our gifts, verses 4 and 5. Paul says, For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not have all the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Church membership, this is an interesting kind of connection here, isn't it? Church membership is not just the acknowledgement of I'm putting roots down in this local church. This is home. I'm all in. I want to serve. I don't just want to receive. I want to participate. This is where my church family is and I am part of it. It is also saying I am part of it. I'm part of something that's bigger than me. I am a member of a body. And I bring the gifts that God has given me to leverage for their good and for God's glory, we work together. Hmm. Many members, one body in Christ. Ephesians chapter 5 tells us that Christ is the head of his body, the church, right? There's only one head, and that is Jesus Christ. So as we gather, all of us gather together under him, joyfully serving and, and moving and leveraging the gifts that he has given. Some people are the hands. Some people are the feet. Some people are ears and eyes and the nose. Not sure how that works exactly, but some people are the mouth. There's work to be done. We together make up the body of Christ called Good Shepherd Community Church. Isn't that fun? It's amazing to see. Just imagine if we were all hands, right? We could clap a lot, but... but if all we were were hands, we were all the same, Everything, everybody's a hand, we got a problem. We need many members. Our unity is found in Jesus Christ. Our diversity is purposeful to His glory. We're not the same. That's good. I'm glad you're not all like me. Man, it'd be a scary experience. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but the same God who, listen to the wording, echoes here, the very consistent thing, who empowers them all. How? Through His Spirit. All of these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each individually as He wills. This is really cool stuff. So we have in uh, our gatherings on Sunday mornings and our work throughout the week, we have diversity in unity. We are not called to be the same. We are made by God to have a different expression of all kinds of different ministries. 
but we function as one. It is the same Holy Spirit that we look to in faith to make us effective for God's kingdom and for His glory. So, underestimation is a, is a, a tendency in some. Sometimes people come and they say, hey, pastor, I, my gifts are lame. I want someone else's gift. I want to be the next Charles Spurgeon. Right? I want to be the next uh, Billy Graham. That's who I want to be. I'm not happy with the gifts that I've been assigned. Now, typically, don't, people don't just flat out say that. But it can happen. It can happen. Or, uh, overestimation. Your gifts are lame. I have better gifts. Oh, you, do you see why he began with humility? We humbly receive from God what he has apportioned to us as our role in the body. And we delight in it. And then we put it to work. Listen to 1 Corinthians 12. This was a problem in Corinth. This was happening, right? So Paul addressed this there. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body. That would, make it, uh, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I, I do not belong to the body. That would make it uh, no less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? And if the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members of the body, each one of them, as He chose. That's you! Christian, think about this. In your seat today, you have been given gifts by God through His Spirit specific for your role to bless God and to build this church. Hmm. So three things. Number one, humility. That's where it all begins. And we live there all the way through, don't we? Because pride is not something you just stomp out and then move on from. We all fight this. We fight it. Put it down. Kill it. Catch it. Call it what it is. No. We bounce all glory up to God. And then unity. We're together in this. Yeah, sure, some gifts are more um, like visible than other gifts, but that doesn't make them more important. Right? We all work together. We need all of the gifts functioning. And we serve. We serve. So joyfully employing our gifts is the third point. Joyfully employing our gifts. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. Isn't that a beautiful call? Let us use them. Put them to work. God doesn't give gifts so that we stick them in a safety deposit box and forget about them. Now, one of the things we believe in here at Good Shepherd is church membership. And we have, we've doubled down on it. We feel like it's really important. Church membership is an important part of the practice of the church, the work of the church, the unity, the defense against uh, uh, untruth and and. and all kinds of out, outside attacks. How do you protect the church? Well, one of the ways you protect the church is through the work of church membership. 
part of membership is each individual member saying, I don't just want to come and receive. I want to participate. I want to be an active member. So we, we talk a lot about that, active membership. Some churches have this 5% uh, people are doing 95% of the work. Praise the Lord, that's not true here. It hasn't been true here for many, many years. Our percentage is really high of people who are using their gifts and serving and active in ministry. We couldn't do it otherwise. It's one of the reasons we have such a lean and mean staff is because members are active and serving, and I love that. That's what we love and want. So if you are here and you're not yet a member, I would encourage you, pray about it. Really consider joining the church. If for no other reason, this, so that you can put those gifts to work and really use them to bless and build. There are two general categories of grace gifts or spiritual gifts. There are speaking gifts and serving gifts. And you see this show up in different passages. I don't, I don't subscribe to a specific list because almost every list you read in the Scripture is a little different. And the Holy Spirit tends not to be programmed. And so He is free as He moves, but, but generally speaking, there are speaking gifts and serving gifts. And these are kind of broad categories. And so as we move through this list of seven, note some of these categories and how they build out. Let us use them. And he begins, if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if serving in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Okay, so let's move through this list of seven, one by one, and, and I'll try to explain what Paul means when he says these different words. Number one, the gift of prophecy. The gift of prophecy. This is the proclamation of the revealed Word of God. Okay, so in the Old Testament, how did this function? Well, we're just moving through the, the book of Isaiah. Thus says the Lord. He is speaking in, in a direct uh, uh, revelation of God. On behalf of God, I have these words. I bring them to you. Prophetic word. Okay? Then you move into the New Testament and you find that the, the, the Spirit of God through His Son Christ is speaking the words. And then His commissioned apostles speaking the words of God. Preaching. And as you move on through the New Testament, more and more, there was uh, this, this proclaiming of revealed truth that was uh, established. And, and then when the canon closes, it becomes largely the work of preach the word, right? That's the call to Timothy. Preach the word. So we proclaim the word of God. And according to the measure of faith, that is, I would say, stay consistent with the word of God. The proclamation of the Word of God is the most important thing we do when we gather on Sundays. Let me say that again. Not because I'm the preacher. Let's be clear. The proclamation, thus says the Lord, of His Word is the most important thing we do when we gather on Sundays. To sit under that together. To experience together the Word of God coming in authority and power proclaimed as it was meant to be in the power of the Holy Spirit is so significant in our lives. The gift of prophecy. 
That's not the only gift, though, that is mentioned. Let's move on. The gift of serving. Think of all of the expressions of this that take place, not just on Sundays, but all week long, in all kinds of ways, both, both locally and globally. The gift of serving. This is uh, um, a, a lot of that di- diakonos language, right? So the, the deacons would have specific functions to do all kinds of things. You might notice, for instance, uh, on, on Communion Sunday, there are people helping to set up the communion and to clean up the communion and all of the different, there's, there's so many different things that need to take place in order for this church to work. This is a huge catch-all category, serving. How can I help? What can I do? This is what I love to do. Will this be a blessing? Yes. Let it rip. Go for it. It's a beautiful thing. The gift of teaching. I always remember when I learned that teaching is not preaching, and preaching is not teaching. Preaching has proclamation. Teaching has more interaction, conversation, dialogue, and question, and kind of a systematic instruction, building, discipling, growing. So we have small groups. We have these interactions. We have different events. We just had a women's retreat, right? Those ladies, they were teaching the Word to the ladies, instructing in godliness, This is an important role. There are teachers who are not preachers. And there are preachers who are not very good at teaching. It is a wonderful blessing to see the nuanced difference between these two things. The gift of exhortation. This is, um, again, a catch-all category. Um, The word here is to come alongside. Paraclesis is... It's, it's, it's to come alongside. So think of this um, encouragement. Someone is struggling, and you come alongside them to encourage them. Someone is sinning. You come alongside because you love them, and you confront them in love, Matthew 18. You exhort them to repent of their sins. Someone is having a tough time in their marriage. This is counseling, right? The gift of, of bringing words to shape and steer and instruct to, to, to disciple This is a special gift and role. And my goodness, it's beautiful to see how this happens in the body. A lot of times, some of the scenarios that are difficult, the elders never hear about because the people of God are doing this for one another. Sometimes, there are situations that rise to that level where we become involved and we need to be more involved in more of a formal exhortation process. But this is, again, done in love. The gift of exhortation. The gift of giving. It's an amazing thing. We are all called to give and to be generous. And my goodness, Good Shepherd, you you are. You're a generous people. But there are some people, and I, I just I automatically go to my grandfather. He loved to give. And God had blessed him. He was a, a, a very sharp businessman. He ran um, Columbia Lighting and the, and out of Spokane and, and was very successful. And he was creative and, and, and subtle and a lot of times behind the scenes, anonymous in the ways that he gave and he gave and he gave. There are people that God has blessed in our church that love to give. And sometimes it's, don't just think this is financial. Sometimes this is 
tangible, like, I have this, this person, I see a need, I can't wait to meet that need. Sometimes I'm in my office and someone comes in with a wad of cash and an envelope sealed up, nothing on it, and they're like, I know about this need, I want to meet it. Can you hand this to this person? Don't say where it's from. Yes! Absolutely. Hmm. The gift of giving. The call here is don't be stingy. That if you have this gift and God has stirred you in your heart, give generously. For who? For God's glory and the good of His people. Bless. Give. The elders uh, have been praying about how to help with Ukraine, and, and uh, you might have seen my announcement about the ABWE Ukraine um, Crisis Relief Fund. Um, we voted recently, and, and uh, we contributed $2,000 to that fund on our behalf to help our brothers and sisters who are struggling in Ukraine and ministering, in many cases, ministering the grace of God to meet needs, tangible needs. Giving is wonderful. It is more blessed to give than receive. Jesus said these words. Friends, if you haven't done a lot of this, it's fun. It's wonderfully blessing to give. Gift of giving. The gift of leadership. The call here from Paul is lead with zeal. Leaders are not to be lazy. Leaders are not to be lethargic. They are to be zealous, passionate leaders. And so if God has given you leadership and placed you in positions where you are called to leave, don't yawn your way through it. Be impassioned. We're serving the king. These are life and death. Eternal consequences are online. So lead with zeal. Be zealous in your leadership. It's one of the reasons we love the Apostle Peter, right? The rock, Rocky, Jesus called him. He was a man who had zeal. Now, he didn't always have the wisdom catch up with that zeal, and Jesus was helping him with that. But notice what happened, friends. Notice this. When the Holy Spirit met Peter, all of a sudden that man became a lot more stable in that zeal and wise in the passion. The work of the Spirit met him in that, that gifting in a special way to bless the church. That's a significant thing to see. And the gift of mercy. This is when you come alongside and someone is struggling, they're hurting, and you are there. You're with them, encouraging them. We were just reading uh, some about Johnny Erickson Tata and how, oh, just the struggle of her life. She has these nurses that help her uh, all the time. Like if she's going to go to bed, her, her legs don't work, her arms don't work. She's completely in need of help for all of these machines that she hooks up to. And then if she wakes up at 4 a.m., she prays until the nurse comes and unplugs all the machines and helps her get, it's just amazing. But I'm thinking about the people who come and care for her, who bless her, who read God's word to her, encourage her over all these years. If you have the gift of mercy, one of the things you find often is that the weight of other people's burdens becomes your own. It's one of the ways you love. But things get heavy, don't they? Things can be heavy. 
So, don't allow the weight of that burden to steal your joy. Rather, overwhelm the joy of the Lord into the situation. Bring cheer into the challenge and the struggle. Serve cheerfully, not begrudgingly, not unwillingly, joyfully, bringing the joy of the Lord. So I want to ask you this question as we draw to a close here this morning. What is the you that you can't contain? What is the you that the Spirit of God, Christian, has wired into you? supernaturally blessed you with. This is a combination of His gifts, your talents, your, the, your experiences. It all works together. He's not going to gift in a way that's completely separate from everything else. And you're like, well, what do I do with this? No. What's the you that you can't contain? The you that when you are living in that place, you absolutely love it. You find ways to bless How can you use that for the glory of God and the good of His people? Just imagine, I was thinking as the worship team was leading us today, if I would just stop for the closing song and say, okay, guys, thank you for serving. Why don't you guys have a seat? And then Dave, why don't you take the guitar? And Andrew, let's put you on the piano. And, uh, you know, we just start going through. Todd, you take the drums, right? Imagine what that would be like. We are blessed every Sunday by the gifts and the talents that God has given for His glory and our good. So we see this often. The staff, Jenny and uh, Jesse and Shanda, Ethan and Michelle, who clean, right? All of these various gifts, they bless us every week. You go down to the worship team. These are, these are very public displays of gifts, but what I want to draw attention to is all the people right now who are serving the children. And loving those kids and pointing them to Jesus, employing their gifts, sitting and holding babies, changing diapers so that you can be here focused and listening and learning to the glory of God, the building of his kingdom. There's a safety team we have at this church. They're watching the cameras right now. A few weeks ago, there was a prowler in our parking lot trying to break into your cars, and they went after them. Yes, we got the license plate and the sheriff followed up. And uh, so there's a group of people, when they come to church, you know what they're thinking? I'm giving today. I'm participating. I I want to bless the congregation with a focused time of worship so they don't have to think about safety. That's my job. The elders. Oh, man, these guys work hard. I'm so proud of our elders. I'm so delighted to see the various gifts that God has given each of them and the unity that He has blessed us with as we were different men who are brought together to serve and to lead, to shepherd. We have student group leaders and helpers. Kay Storgard, where are you, Kay? Right here. Um, Kay and her husband, Dick, before he passed away, they came to me and they said, we'd like to do this, this welcome mug thing. Can we take that on and make that our ministry? And Kay continues to bless. I know... Pointing people out makes it, makes it weird, but I'm going to do it anyway. Thank you for the welcome mug ministry that you have. It's behind the scenes. You may never even know that, but if you have a welcome mug and you felt warmly welcomed, think, somebody designed that, put it together, put it in there, and had it ready for you 
That's a gift. That's serving. Blessing. Justin, back in the back row. Look where he's sitting. You know where he's sitting? You know why he sits there? He sits by the light switches. Somebody has to be consistent so that when we have that opening call to worship prayer, the lights go down and our focus becomes the words and the cross. We focus our hearts. He, he does the lights. Thank you, Justin. He also cleans up the kitchen after church. It's just small things. How can I help? What can I do? How can I serve? Brian, up here, plays the violin. You know what else he does? Mows the grass, <laughs> right? Because it needs to be done. You know, when he comes, I see his heart. He's happy to serve, happy to help. The lawnmower doesn't always work, but that's why we've got Jay and Cam, right? <laughs> They're trying to fix that old thing. They're getting it fixed up. And See, it takes various gifts. You do not want me fixing our lawnmower. <laughs> it's not going to work. Anne Maria Estrada buys all the supplies for the kitchen. And then there's an entire kitchen crew that helps operate that so that when you show up, there's coffee. And we're making coffee great again, aren't we? It's good coffee. Not just that watered-down church Folger stuff. Right? It's purposeful, though. That's love. They're serving the Lord by making coffee. John Apple and Scott Lidbeck visiting the sick and the elderly. I love this. I love this. John was just sitting with Alberta Whitman. Some of you remember Alberta. She would sit over here every single week. She's taught Sunday school at this church for years. Now she's not able to come. She's been housebound there at her apartment for years now, but she's sharper than a tack. And she loves the Lord. She's a part of this church. Guy Watson, Gary, Bob, and Rob, these guys are a blessing. Their stuff breaks constantly around here, and I call them up. We got birds nesting above the bathroom over here. They poke the holes in the vents, and this crazy bird has like a beak of steel. And he just drills right through the, the mesh. And we are going to beat him eventually. <laughs> so Gary's on it. He shows up. We got vents. And part of our work day, we've got 320 vents. We're going to put vents all over this church so that bird will fail. <laughs> For the glory of God. <laughs> right? All kinds of di different gifts. Members of one body. Dave and Vicki, i got to pick on you a little bit. Dave and Vicki Esser are the hospitality coordinators. Here's what they do. Listen, take notes, learn this. Sunday morning, they come in, and here's what they're doing. They're saying, who can we invite out to lunch to join us for lunch after church? Who's new? Who doesn't know anybody yet? And they're there. They're on it. Last week, it happened again. They are so warmly welcoming people and showing hospitality. God is glorified in that, even though Vicky is struggling and suffering with those ribs, and, and they're still outward for His glory and the good of His people. Gary and Sally Lynch, they're not here right now because they, they, they travel in the winter. I would call them kingdom magnets, not maggots, okay? <laughs> if you're listening, magnets they are unbelievably warm and welcoming and many of you have come to our church because of their invitation their warmness 
come and join us. We'll sit with you guys. Come on. That is what I'm talking about. Just recently, we had someone call up and say, listen, I, I've got a large amount of food that I want to donate to people who are in need in the church. Can I do it anonymously? Absolutely. And so all week long already, we've been able to bless people who we know are struggling and, and would be blessed by some extra food. Praise God for that, right? Giving the gift of generosity. So I mentioned these examples. This is not an exhaustive list, right? There are many other ways that people are serving, but we're, we're in this together. And those gifts and those purposeful decisions, they work for God's glory. So to sum it up, humility, Good Shepherd Community Church, it all starts there. The gifts that we have are of grace. There's no boast in these gifts, but our only boast is in Christ. Then unity, we're together in this, and service. Humility, unity, and service. Are you a spectator or a participant? Now, I want to be careful here. There is a time to check out a church. There is a time to come and get to know a church. Is this church solid? Is this church true to the Word of God? Is this church preaching and teaching His Word? And, And can I be a part of this church for the long haul? Do that. Take your time. Don't rush that. We want you to be all in when you make the commitment to join. But then I just got to tell you, we need you. We need you. We need your help. Don't just come to receive on Sunday mornings. Come to receive and to pour out. Come find ways to bless and encourage and use the gifts that God has given you to build and advance His kingdom, both here locally and all around the world. How can you use your grace gifts for the glory of God and the good of His people? So we come back to the insert in the bulletin. And I would just encourage you, look down this list. Uh, There's a a drop box here on your way out that you can put these in. And take some time and just look and say, okay, where could I be serving? Some of these things you don't even have to be a member to do. Some of these things you can just join in and say, sign me up. I want to help. Other areas, you you do need to be a member of the church because we want to protect that unity. So pray about it. You might pray about it all week long. Lord, how can I leverage the gifts that you have given, the things that just make me come alive when I do it and and be a part of this? And then Jenny will, will kind of work together and coordinate these teams and groups and we'll go from there so that we can say we run together. We're all different, but we're together in this work. Let's pray. Well, Father, we thank you for the incredible gifts that you give. I thank you for your faithfulness, not just to give the gift, but the faith that is needed to put that gift to work and be fruitful for you, to bless you and to bless your people. Father, we thank you that you have made us different and that difference is not a problem. It's, it's actually purposeful that we're not all the same and, and, and that we are yet together one body in Christ. Jesus, thank you as the head of this church that this is for you. This is not our church. This is your church. And you build your church. And you will build. And there is no opposition that will come against it. 
that will succeed. You will accomplish all your good purpose. And we pray, Jesus, that you would find us happy participants in this work, joyfully submitted and humbled under you, our all-glorious King and Head, using the gifts that you've given to build and to bless. Lord, I pray if there's anyone here who's been checking our church out for a while and they're like, man, I just... I feel like I need to join. I pray that you would stir their hearts to join the church and jump in and participate to leverage their gifts. Father, if there are people here who are already joined and and serving, I pray that you would encourage them to all the more use their gifts for your glory. That we would be purposeful to, to, to leverage those things that you have blessed us with to bless others. Father, find us faithful. Find us unified together. And Lord, continue to help us to fight pride. Keep us humble. Make us humble so that as we use these gifts, the world would see and say, what a great God. What a great God they have. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.